Hey everybody, recently David Yu was invited by Binance to do an AMA. It was great. And by the way, have you ever wondered the original founding story of Vivi? No, it's not Dan and David created the Vivi app. It's deeper and much more interesting than that. David mentioned that story in the AMA and also a new technology that I believe will bring the values of our collectibles to an unbelievable height. Not financial advice, of course, but this technology is getting more popular every single day. It was also the topic of my first ever YouTube video. And I won't be surprised if it get applied to our collectibles in the next few years. It's going to be very interesting. Let's get to it. Over the past week, I listened to the AMA between the guy from Binance New Zealand with David. Have you had the chance to listen to it? Only the first like 20 minutes. It was really good. There are three, kind of like two and a half takeaways that I got from it. The first one is the story behind the foundation of VV, like how VV was founded. So we've been with VV for two years, over two years now for me. And I was like, well, we all know that Dan and David kind of started the company, right? But why and how? So within that interview, David talked a lot about how and that conversation with Dan that started everything. That was a really good story. Basically, back in New Zealand, David has always been an entrepreneur in the collectible space, physical collectible space, and he has several retail shops and a website too. So he does both brick and mortar and e-commerce as well. And one time David and Dan who've been doing business for a long time and are good friends, they talked about what else they can do with David's collectibles because he was selling them and they were trying to figure out what kind of new benefits, new utilities they can add to these toys and collectibles to increase their values because for decades, Physical collectibles have been traded the same way. Like it will come from a toy factory or the IP to a retail store, and then you will sell it to the end consumer. So they were talking about the benefit of blockchains, like security, authenticity, how it can prove digital products to be unique. So they thought that they could digitalize those collectibles that David was selling in his stores and create a market for it. It's a very interesting story. So that was the theory for business, right? They had that idea and then they had to prove that this is a feasible idea, that there's going to be demand for it, that people were willing to pay for it. And then David mentioned how he noticed that the folks who came into a store to buy stuff, they're not like kids. A lot of them are our age or even older. Like there were a lot of doctors, working professionals who came to the store. And apparently those people have disposable income and you cannot quantify a hobby or a fandom. If you're a fan of Marvel, you just keep collecting Marvel collectibles. If you're a fan of Pokemon, you grow up watching Pokemon and then you collect these trading cards, right? So he saw that everybody is a fan of something. Deep down, people always want to, to have that fandom in them. They want to be connected to a community, a fandom, because being connected to a community defines who we are like whether we know it or not, right? For me and for you, we are basically VV collectors or VV fans. And that's been our identity for the past two years. And he also went to like comic cons and anime shows. And he saw how these adults would dress up as their favorite characters for the whole weekend. So he knew that the demand is there, the money is there, the potential is there. It's just that the process of onboarding people from collecting physical collectibles to collecting NFTs or digital statues will be very challenging. But if they were to do it successfully, and I think they have, then they are basically the front runner in the whole new 
category. So that was the idea. And long story short, since 2017, they started getting brands onboarded. And one very powerful statement that David mentioned in the whole interview that really opened up my mind was like, VV onboarded DC, Marvel, Disney, Pixar, Universal Picture, MGM with the 007 onto the NFT space. And you know, it's like one statement, but it's pretty crazy. And all of these brands who are used to, to competing with, with each other, like DC and Marvel, are onboarded to the NFT space by the same company, by this little startup started by two guys, maybe three with, with Alfred Khan in New Zealand. You know, I, I think that was pretty mind blowing. Hey guys, just a quick message. Every week I MSV work over 20 hours to bring you the most non-BS VV content. English is my second language and there were nights we recorded until 1am. My brain stopped processing and I naturally spoke Vietnamese to him and it got pretty weird. But that's just how dedicated we are to this podcast. In return, we ask you to enter a gentleman agreement. We will continue working into 1am for you, but we ask you to subscribe to the podcast leave us a rating and tweet at us to tell us what you think because those comments will ultimately help us to refine the content just for you. That's it. That's all you need to do. Let's get back to it. That's, that's fantastic. So I was listening to this interview with a former Disney exec. Right. With oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And he was talking about how when Iger was the CEO, like maybe the early, the, the mid-2000s, he decided to bring on or or buy out what was it fox so like they got the simpsons right bought out marvel star wars and they were just bringing on all of these huge ips and under this umbrella of disney when when they thought when the company and, me, and many other people were thinking like maybe Iger should be directing his attention towards some of the other what, what they already have right mm -hmm. if they, they've got because in that same interview, they were talking about how they cannot cycle fast enough through all of the characters and all of the possible films and rendition <laughs> of these stories that are being retold and, and, you know, in a new way with new, you know, you name it. They just can't get through it fast enough. And then they decided to bring on all these different IPs under their roof. That's, that's, that's some crazy multitasking. And just thinking about that is overwhelming. But to think about how Vivi was able to absorb all of those different possible characters and IPs under Disney's umbrella, plus DC, plus Universal Pictures. And plus, not fucking it up, right? And not messing things up. That, that's, <laughs> that, that's master. That, that's like mastery level work in terms of being able to, to present something and sell sell those different companies on it. Yeah, imagine like we can take like, like Spider-Man, which came out in the 60s or Superman and Batman, which came out, I think, in the early or late 20s. Like, right, imagine DC and Marvel spent almost a century investing billions of dollars building this global fan base from generation to, to generation and then trusting a tiny company in New Zealand what if VV was to mess up those uh, drops, you know, like what if they minted too many? What if they got hacked? What if they abused the IP? What if they were to have this huge scandal with the OMI token and then have that red flag from the SEC and then have all of those products destroyed, right? And then that, that will be a huge embarrassment for all these gigantic IPs but they did not mess it up at all. I know that they have many challenges that they are trying to overcome. 
But just thinking about a statement like we onboarded XYZ, like DC, Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Pixar, USPS to this new space is extremely powerful. So that's that. That was very interesting to me, although it's, it's, it's basically like common sense now. The, the second concept was that they, I feel like David was very mindful about that onboarding process too, because the, the interviewer asked about what David was thinking about the sport category because other brands like Autograph or NBA Top Shots or even DraftKings have came out with their digital collectibles in the category of sport, but they ultimately fail in creating that demand. So how would David fix that? And David pointed out that one common mistakes or weakness that he saw other brands were doing is that people would come to the app to collect the most popular athletes, right? Let's just talk about sport as an example. So people would come to an app to collect collectibles from in, in soccer, it might be Ronaldo or Messi in, in basketball, it might be LeBron or Kobe Bryant or Jordan, whomever. But then these brands would make the NFT version of those athletes so exclusive that they are so expensive and are outreach for the majority of collectors and VV doesn't want to do that. That's why we are seeing so many editions of Spider-Man or Batman, you know, so these characters that resonated with millions of people. If, if these characters are known globally, then many people should be able to get them, especially if you want to onboard new users, right? If, yeah. you know, tomorrow for whatever happens, VV can onboard 10,000 new users that come in and the majority of them like Spider-Man because Spider-Man is the most popular superhero at the moment. And Spider-Man only has, I don't know, 2,000 editions on VV and each of them costs 5,000 gems. Then the majority of these new collectors would not be able to get this collectible that they want. Therefore, they leave. David doesn't want to do that. He wants to have different types of rarity, like the secret rare and a common edition with 32,000 mint, so that anybody, regardless of their budget, regardless of their fandom, whether they're new or not, can still have these collectibles. And I think that is a very thoughtful approach to handle fandom and to handle sport and in other categories as well. Yeah, then there's that issue of finding the sweet spot based on the user base right. nowadays because I'm not going to throw out numbers, but there's clearly a disconnect between the, the edition sizes and the demand and the number of available user active users, right? Mm -hmm. Because we were talking that, about that before. So it's finding that sweet spot is something that they, they have yet to accomplish for most of, let's say, the recent drops. But, you know, I'm hoping that they work things out and maybe the marketing that they're gradually working on will mm -hmm. allow those things to sync up in due time. I actually love it. So regarding the uh, the mint size, I actually love it when there is some significance tied to the total mint size. For example, like the partner set two has 4,333 editions available. So we all, we all know that that 33 number is huge for Walt Disney. And I think if I can remember correctly, there's some significance with the total mint size of the Lamborghini drop as well. So I know that there's that there, there needs to be that balance between supply and demand. But I thought it's really cool how there is some stories behind these total mint size too. So that's that. The next concept that I thought was really interesting is how David mentioned having artificial intelligence installed into these digital collectibles. Are you familiar with chat TPT? 
I never looked into it. So please, please. It is this very powerful artificial intelligence tool backed by this company, well, built by this company called OpenAI. And it is backed by billions of dollars from Microsoft. And it is extremely smart. It can talk to you like a human being, a very knowledgeable Google. So in the past, I have used it to do research to help me to write better code because I use programming languages all the time to help me to explain very complex concepts. And it'll probably take the whole day to explain the benefits of ChatGPT to you guys. So if you want it, you can try it out. But David's point here is that all of these artificial intelligent tools nowadays, if you have time to try them out, and I think you have to try them out, they are extremely powerful because they can mimic person-to-person -person conversations really well. So they have all of these raw data put into them and they was, I have no idea how, how to explain it, but it's very powerful. It's like you talking to Alexa, but it's not like, hey, Alexa, tell me the weather. This is like you having this kind of conversation that we're having with Alexa. That's how powerful it is. So it's like, it's like, hey, Alexa, can you tell me about the weather? It tells you the weather, right? And then you kind of interact with more with it. Like, oh, can you tell me about the events that are happening on a day-to-day -day basis? What do you think about this event that happened yesterday? Can you tell me everything that I should know about VV collectibles, that kind of conversation. So it's very powerful. So my point is that in the future, and this is very, very doable and applicable, it is very easy for these brands to install artificial intelligent technologies into these digital collectibles, into the Spider-Man, the My Morales, the Todd Batman, so that these collectibles can actually have conversation with us. And these are not like Alexa, how's the weather conversation. This is going to be very in-depth, very complicated, very casual, human-to-human-like conversation. And it's going to be very powerful. There's going to be some downsides with it because, you know, we don't want to talk to technology all the time. But I feel like, and this is funny because the first VV video ever that I ever created, I, I talked about this concept of how kids nowadays and even us when we were younger we have these superheroes like my favorite superhero growing up was superman and these ip have spent a century building the image for the superheroes and we listen to them like we all know that oh spider-man captain america superman are there to do good things so these characters have a very strong influence on every one of us and well it's it's that influence is one thing but it's also being extremely close to the superheroes and fictional characters that you grew up loving, right? Like for me, I've never talked to, I don't know, like Mickey Mouse, for example. The only way that I can kind of interact with Mickey Mouse is when I go to Disneyland and I see these people dressing up in a, in a Mickey Mouse costume. So I take photos with them. That's the only interaction that I have with, with Mickey Mouse. And then I would see Mickey Mouse on TV, YouTube, whatever. But then now imagine talking to Mickey Mouse about whatever like hey what do you think about i don't know like what do you what do you think about the mini mouse mini mouse what do you think about the new outfit of the mini mouse do you like the 2023 outfit of mini mouse or do you like the 1928 outfit of mini mouse and what are the differences between the two of them ai technologies today and especially jack gpt are able to answer that question and they are able to provide you with very in-depth 
very thoughtful answers that will probably blow your mind. Especially that is a very, very good question to ask AI because they recently had some changes to the costume of Minnie Mouse. Because in the past, like the, like the, I don't know, like, like the 20 to 30, well, back in the late 20s, early 30s, or, or like even up to the early 2000s, if you look at Minnie Mouse, you would see her with like a very short dress. Okay. Yep. And you would see like her basically underpants, right? But then Disney decided that, well, for this generation, that kind of looked kind of offensive and it's not culturally appropriate. So we decided to give Minnie Mouse a new outfit. So now, and I, and I will share this article with you and some photos because they actually changed the outfit of uh, Minnie Mouse. So now she's wearing like a pajama, but that will be a very good question to talk to Mickey about, you know? So my point here is that there's a lot of applications that can come from installing artificial intelligence to these digital collectibles. And ultimately it will bring us one step closer to these characters that we grew up loving. And this, this kind of new connection and communication level will be absolutely insane. It's going to blow people away. It's kind of, it's kind of freaky to think about because it's very freaky. It's very, very freaky. I remember <laughs> growing up, if we wanted to talk to our favorite characters, like you said, you'd have to go to a theme park to be able to, to talk to them or take a picture with them, or you would have to, or your parents would have to hire somebody to come in a costume <laughs> and, yeah. you know, like, like if you wanted a Power Ranger or Barney or a Captain America or wh whoever you wanted to, to come to your birthday party, they would come in a costume and all that stuff. So that's, that's some next level stuff. Qu question for you. Do you know if this, this AI tech would also be able to, to see, do you know if you could use it while using other software or websites? So like, say, for example, if people have the intent to use this AI tech to, hey, like you, you give directions, hey, can you snipe this collectible on the market when it shows up? Or, or would, that, would that be considered a script? You know what I mean? At the moment, it will give you a script. It okay. will absolutely give you a script. And it's not going to be tailored to VV in particular because, it, because this technology doesn't have much data about VV and VV as the application as the application itself is very centralized it's not an, an an open source product where ai can directly go to the code and writing scripts for it no so to answer the question it can give you some general guideline on what a sniping script looks like but it's not going to be able to do anything for you yet i actually used chat to write me a couple really good twitter threads so one time it was Walt Disney's birthday. And I asked it, hey, can you write me a short paragraph about Walt Disney? And it gave me a really good paragraph. Like he was born on this date, this year, in this town, in this state. And he worked in animation before he founded his own company. And the first character was XYZ. And then I was like, can you write me a Twitter thread of five things that everybody should know about Walt Disney? And it actually gave me this amazing Twitter thread that detailed the most five, the five most interesting things about, about Walt Disney. And then I used that. I just copy and paste that into Twitter and people thought that was written by me. And I actually got quite a bit of, of interaction for that AI generated content. So it's, it's very, very powerful. I know it's very early. Have you seen the movie Her? Yes. Yes, I have. The guy, the guy with the, the, the headphone, whatever, the, the earphone. 
and then talk he, to his yeah and talk to his kind of like fake girlfriend yeah that's that's that, creepy stuff that that's that's it right like that is that is what i was talking about and and it exists today because there are so many tools out there that will act as your personal assistant which is what chat tbt is but some of them will also be programmed to act as your girlfriend or your partner or whatever so it's it's very powerful there's a lot of risk associated with it but the the potential is limitless and yeah i think it's gonna it's gonna change a lot of things especially digital collectibles because in the future again people will be able to talk to the spider-man to their supermans to the darth vader on a daily basis and it's gonna be a a huge game changer for digital collectible and it's very very easy to apply think of this you like if you play any game like fortnite or whatever underneath the skin like the skin is what differentiates the different characters right but underneath it it's just one thing like it's a, it's one anim uh, this one character and then you just put different skins on it and give it this different animation for ai and the digital collectibles think of the digital collectible as a blank canvas and you just put AI in it, and it's extremely easy. Mm. Yeah. Maybe it, we could ask, was it Chat GBT? Yeah. What the first Minnie Mouse collectible was? Yeah. You know, like what's the true FA, and see yeah. if we can answer from it. Well, right now, it, the data that they use to train it only goes up to 2021. Oh no, kidding! And, yeah, because there's a lot of data involved, so they are. Con like they are constantly upgrading it with new knowledge, new training data. But as of today, for that particular application, ChatGPT, which is basically the best on the market right now, it only has training data up to 2021. So it knows what Vivi is, but it doesn't have the super recent data on Platinum Mickey, oh well, Platinum Minnie Mouse. That's crazy. That's yeah. Crazy. That's very cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I'm curious what limit like what boundaries there are going to be what what parameters are going to be set for that that are going to be in the best interest to protect to protect the best interest of consumers and users of of ai like that right yeah i hope that the digital collectible market is not negatively impacted but at the same time like this could be this could be fantastic for onboarding new users as well so like i, I guess circling coming full circle you said that David was mentioning that these digital collectibles could have this AI tech integrated and we can be basically it's about, like basically is Siri and Alexa, but instead of having Siri and, and Alexa, it's gonna be Peter Parker. It's gonna be Bruce Wayne. Yeah, that's that's like the best example that I, that I can come up with. But a lot, lot more smarter and more and much more conversational than Siri and Alexa. It's 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 very powerful. I hope there's gonna be some laws and protections to prevent the risk that AI can have on us because yeah, it's, it's going to be very addicting to talk to AI all day, especially if you don't have much time to interact with your friends and family, if, if, if you don't like, if you live far away from them or if you, I don't know, like anything, right? So hopefully they will have some boundaries on this. But again, back when I first made that video a long time, maybe like a year and a half ago, this technology didn't really exist. So I thought it would take another five to 10 years, but now I'm using it on a daily basis. And I know it's so easily applicable to digital collectibles. I think it's going to be there sooner than we expected. So that's my, that's, that's my second point today. That sounds fun. Yeah. And I, I can't wait to 
to mess around with that. I'm going to start doing that this week. <laughs> yeah. That is it, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have enjoyed the episode today. And if you have, remember that gentleman agreement. We will continue working until 1 a.m. just for you. But in return, we ask you to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on the actionable and valuable insights, everything VV and Omi related. Don't forget to give us a rating and tweet at us. So let us know what you think about the podcast so that we can refine the content better just for you. Thank you so much. We hope to see you again next time. Peace.